The more that you read, the more things you will know. The more that you learn, the more places you'll go. Dr. Seuss. There are thousands upon thousands of amazing, helpful books out there. My goal is to read them and share how we can implement the wisdom to improve our lives, the lives of the animals, and even help save the world. Welcome to Zoo Notable, taking wisdom from self-improvement, conservation, and animal-related books, and using them to help us become the best versions of ourselves. Whether you are an animal care professional or just a lover of nature and life, Zoo Notables helps you grow and level up your life. Welcome back to Zoo Notable, taking the wisdom from books and sharing how we can apply it to our lives to improve our work and to help save the planet. And this month, we've explored several eco-helpful books from bringing eco-happiness to our lives and our kids' lives to learning life lessons from the Lorax. Today, we're heading to the kitchen and learning from a great teacher how to green our eating and cooking habits with Kate Hayhoe's Cooking Green. And let's kick things off with a quote. For a few years now, my green radar has been telling me that buying local and organic isn't enough. I suspected that as a cook, I could do more to combat climate change. Lots more. How you cook is as important as what you cook. Without abandoning your favorite recipes, you can bake, roast, broil, grill, and fry in vastly greener ways, saving fossil fuels, reducing greenhouse gases, and shrinking your cook print. So Cooking Green is not your typical cookbook, nor is it your typical eco-help book. It's a little bit of both in the best ways possible. Now Kate shares several recipes, and yes, that is meat included. This is not a completely uproot your lifestyle and change everything type of book. Cooking Green is about making simple changes in the kitchen, doing what we can with where we are and with what we've got. These simple ideas can be serious game changers and give all of us, from amateur cooking enthusiasts and busy parents to students and professionals, starting points to making our eating habits healthy for the planet, not just healthy for us. And Kate starts by sharing what I consider big idea number one, your carbon cook print. Quote, what do you call the impact you make on the planet when you cook? It's your cook print, the entire chain of resources used to prepare meals and the waste produced in the process. And in short, the cook print measures every meal's entire environmental impact. It's the total amount of energy and resources from farm to fuel to fork used in creating a meal. And it puts the cook squarely in charge of just how big or how green that cook print will be in ways that include but go far beyond buying organic or local or eating meat or not. Your carbon cook print. This is our environmental impact from our eating and cooking habits. Now, cutting our cook print or reducing it even a little can go a long way in promoting a healthier, happier earth. And it can go a long way to a healthier, happier you. And I was really, really inspired by this term. And with ZooFit, I focus on how our fitness and wellness habits have an impact on the planet. And after reading Cooking Green and discovering how to reduce my carbon cook print, I considered what I do with my own program. Yes, I do cut down on my cook print by cooking at home and eating sustainably sourced food, avoiding plastic and not eating out as much. But it's more than my cook print. 
I'm reducing my carbon footprint. I make my own workout equipment from household items that normally get tossed. And you can find out more from my fun DIY workout book called Reuse, Recycle, Reduce Your Waste. I advocate finding your sacred space and going outside more for exercise, stress relief, and experiencing nature. And even our hygiene, water drinking, and sleep habits can help reduce our impact and promote a healthier environment, improving our fit print as well. But I love this idea of starting with your cook print. So how about you? Are you new to cooking? Do you want some tips to improve your impact? Well, let's go to the kitchen. Let's get cooking, but with the earth and our future in mind. Big idea number two is do one thing. Quote, if you make no other changes to the way that you cook, stop using your oven. Ovens are the Humvees of the kitchen. According to the Department of Energy, about 87% of an electric oven's heat is wasted, absorbed not by the food, but by the oven walls or dissipated into the room. So our ovens are our biggest energy-wasting appliance in the kitchen. Kate shares how ovens waste fuels in three ways. Preheating the oven, keeping the oven on while baking, roasting, cooking, which she mentions is the most fuel-efficient phase of cooking, and then cooling off the oven after the food is cooked. The process of getting a cold oven up to temperature consumes a big chunk of the cooking fuel. And once the oven's turned off, all that power that powerful heat collected inside of it is wasted. Plus, Kate says in Cooking Green, throughout the entire process, from the moment you turn on the oven until the time it's completely cool again, ambient heat radiates from the oven into the room, one of the inefficient byproducts that comes from just making the oven hot. In several chapters about different cooking methods, Kate repeats the idea of using the oven less. She seems to have a soft spot for those who use toaster or countertop ovens. Quote, if you do nothing else to green your cook print, switch from a conventional oven to a toaster or countertop oven. Anytime you can bake, roast, or broil in a smaller oven, you're cooking greener. Then the back of her book, Kate gives recipes for making roasts, ca- cakes, and casseroles using not just a toaster oven, but a slow cooker instead of an oven. Now, giving up the oven isn't 100% practical. So Kate shares some more tips to greening up your oven use. Number one is power down your oven early. Roast or bake as you normally would, but then cut off the oven's heat five to 15 minutes early, and then let the dishes or baked goods passively cook in the hot oven until they're done. You can also cold start baking, then again, ditching the preheat. Almost every recipe in most cookbooks begin with preheat the oven too. But you don't always have to preheat an oven. Many recipes work just fine starting in a cold oven, such as casseroles, lasagna, meatloaf, winter squash, and baked potatoes. Number three is preheat when you're ready, not just because the recipe says so in the first step. Often it takes much longer to prep a dish than it does for the oven to preheat. So learn how, to, how long it takes for you to, your oven to preheat, and then be mindful of how long it may realistically take you to prep a dish. And last, Kate asks us to multitask. Practice simultaneous baking. You can cook more than one item in the oven at the same time. This stretches our fuel. Now, Kate isn't completely anti-oven. She's just more conscientious about using it. 
She says, treat your oven as a luxury. Turn it on only in cold weather, and when you do use your oven, maximize the fuel efficiency. Get into the habit of cooking with all three stages of the oven's fuel, preheating, active cooking, and the cooling. So back to you. Do you bake or cook at home? That's awesome. This is a powerful first step in treating your body right by eating well and helping the planet. But are you a little bit of an oven addict? What is one small thing that you can start doing to be a little bit more conscientious in the kitchen starting today? Big idea number three is mindfulness practice in the kitchen. Quote, you may be surprised how many hidden ways you can shrink your cook print simply by opting for whole ingredients that cook in little or no time without tossing fast food, shortcut in boxes or prepared foods into your basket. And besides choosing local and organic foods, you can control the ingredients and foodstuffs that come into your kitchen. Certain ingredients, no matter where they come from or how they were raised or grown, are naturally more energy efficient to prepare than others. Combined with other green cooking strategies, you shrink your cook print even further. There are hundreds of ways that we can improve our carbon cook print. There is no the way to cooking or eating green. It's the small things that make us feel good. We can grow a little more as we gain confidence in the kitchen and in the stores. The big thing I noticed from cooking green is the idea of practicing being mindful around our habits in the kitchen and around food. Rather than open the refrigerator door and stare blankly trying to decide what to eat, try practicing mindfulness. Think about what you want and what you know you have. And after you have a general idea, then open the door and get what you want. You save more than the planet by practicing these green basics. You can bring an ice pack outside to your patio to keep your drinks cold rather than having to go back and forth into the house and opening and closing the fridge. You can use the scraps from your veggies to create veggie broths. Again, these are potato skins, ends of carrots and onions. Even corn cobs work great. You place them in a freezer and when you're ready, add water and spices and you've got a great veggie broth. You can also pre-chop your food so you can get to cooking immediately and have dinner and other meals ready and a snap for stir frying, which Kate says is one of the greenest ways to cook in the kitchen. Use the oven wisely and plan ahead as much as possible to minimize wasting energy. Now, how do you do all of this? Well, we're going to practice being mindful. Mindfulness has more benefits than we realize. It's really great for focusing, improving our memory, and it can help us conserve and protect the planet. And knowing what is in our fridge before we open the door takes mindful practice, even if you are the one buying all the groceries. Knowing what you have also helps eliminate extra trips to the store and buying more food than you need, which contributes to food waste. Knowing how long it takes to preheat the oven and how long it generally takes to prepare a dish for the oven takes practice, mindful practice. Now, these mindful practices carry over into other areas of our lives. When I was a zookeeper, I sometimes experienced what we called lock anxiety, a near compulsive obsession to check the locks. But when I practice mindfulness and focusing on the present, I feel a lot calmer and a lot more confident that I'm doing good work. So how about you? Could you use some practice being mindful? Let's start in the kitchen, taking care of ourselves as we take care of the planet and dinner.
before we continue with our Zoo Notable, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors. I couldn't do these Notables without them. So we'll be right back after these messages. And big idea number four, what's better for the planet is often better for you. Quote, disposables made from recycled and recyclable materials are green options, but they're still a big waste. The greenest option is to reuse what you've already got before adding anything else to the landfill or recycling bins. Bring green produce bags specially designed for longer storage life. Ethylene absorbing bags really do keep fruits and veggies fresher. Ethylene is a gas naturally released by produce, and it's responsible for ripening. Now, trapped ethylene hastens ripening, but when produce is already ripe, the gas speeds up decay and takes away freshness. Regular plastic bags don't breathe, so they trap ethylene gas and shorten shelf life. Ethylene-absorbing bags are reusable, unlike most of the plastic bag options at the store. Did you know our veggies ripen and go bad faster when they're put in plastic bags? And yet, what do you see all over the produce aisle? Plastic bags. I swear my biggest pet peeve in the grocery store is when people put bananas in plastic bags. I mean, they come in a protective covering. So investing in produce bags made of breathable material or absorbent material is better for the planet, and it's also better for you and your produce. So is making more sustainable food choices that is organic, local, and ethical. And that can get confusing and overwhelming, trying to get all of your food perfectly sourced. Logistically, it's not going to happen no matter where you live. But organic foods are a great start with no or without any conventional pesticides, with no artificial fertilizers, genetic engineering, or any additives. Organic livestock are grown without hormones or routine use of antibiotics. But I will mention that organic certified isn't the only produce that is better for you and for the environment. Most local farms do everything right. They just don't pay for the right to say organic. And supporting them can benefit your health and the community as well as protect the environment. But again, sometimes we can't do it all perfectly. And when budget means making choices, Kate tells us to opt for organic choices of foods that are impacted the most by pesticides, crops that absorb more pesticide from below the ground, or that they have a greater surface exposure to above ground sprays such as lettuce, spinach, and leafy greens, your root veggies like potatoes and carrots, and produce with thin edible skins like grapes, berries, apples, tomatoes, and peppers. Now, our cooking tools can have an impact on our health, too. Now, from the book, Kate says, good cookware should last forever. Every time you toss out an old pot or pan and bring in new replacement, you're fattening your cook print. If you already got a good set of pots, pans, and utensils, then buying a new set just enlarges your cook print and dumps more stuff into the world. Now, if you invest in quality rather than repeatedly buying and tossing away poorly made skillets, you'll consume less. A well-made, efficient skillet helps conserve fuel. The problem we experience is usually with Teflon-style skillets. The Environmental Protection Agency and DuPont, which makes Teflon, have long downplayed any risk associated with nonstick cookware. PFOA, I'm going to completely flub this, so please excuse me, 
Porphyrogatonic acid, a key ingredient in Teflon, has been shown to harm birds and small animals and is persistent in the environment. Nonstick coatings are said to be safe if used according to the manufacturer's instructions, which include not heating an empty pan and never cooking over high heat. But when recipes say to cook the food over medium-high or high heat, most cooks find this conflicting. Besides creating fumes, high heat causes nonstick surfaces to begin to flake, which causes us to buy new skillets. So there are some great tips. Let's start practicing good green habits. It can have a positive impact on our health and on the planet. And finally, big idea number five, practice what you teach. Quote, an interesting thing happened as I was writing this book. I started practicing my own advice. Besides seeing measurable results like reducing packaging and food waste, I ran to an unexpected outcome. I became more connected. Ways to go greener started popping up everywhere. I often tell participants in my strength training class that the best way to learn how to use the equipment in the gym is to teach others how to use the equipment in the gym. And teaching is honestly one of the best ways that we as humans learn. As a mentor for youth at a facility known as Animals as Natural Therapy and in writing my own stories and eco-help books, I can attest to what Kate is saying. While I am a mentor to help the youth through their challenges, I come away from every session feeling empowered to deal with similar issues of my own. While working on ZooFit Safari, my five-week jumpstart into conservation-focused fitness and eating green, and even on my current project writing about the positive lessons working with animals taught me to apply to my fitness and wellness habits, I had several instances where I felt stuck and sometimes even felt like a fraud. Who am I to write about fitness when sometimes my self-care practices are not as strong as when I first created this program? Well, this is all about practicing what you teach. And when I got stuck in my writing, I remember what it was like to feel stuck in my fitness. I remembered the animal training lessons I share with readers about making our habits fun, engaging, easy, and rewarding. I had to increase my reinforcement or maybe find a more reinforcing incentive. Maybe I had to build more motivation and trust in my fitness bank account. Maybe I need to incorporate the idea of going back to kindergarten, that is just going back a few steps to something easier and simpler. Or perhaps put my procrastination for writing on cue, meaning I planned it rather than just trying to stifle it, which wasn't working. I was teaching others how to take better care of themselves and take care of the planet, but wasn't practicing myself. But when I wrote about these ideals, it jolted my brain and connected me back into my own program. So back to you. Is there something in your life that you wish you could do better or you struggle to maintain? I'm telling you, teach it and then practice what you teach. You will get very good at helping others and helping yourself. So there are some of my thoughts on this fascinating book, Cooking Green by Kate Hayhoe. Check it out for the wonderful tips and even some more wonderful green recipes. And have a wonderful meal while promoting your best self for the planet. And let me know what big idea struck out to you the most. And as always, keep eating clean, living green, and training positive. We're going to close up with a few quotes from 
cooking green. Kate Hayhoes tells us, The simplest way to shrink a cook print is to reach for the cooktop recipes first, rather than oven ones. She also tells us that if more people stir-fried, the world would be a greener place. Kate reminds us of Michael Pollan, the author of Food Rules, who says, Eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Back to Kate, who tells us, Renewable, sustainable, local, organic, seasonal, fair trade. Trying to find foods with all of these attributes can spark a serious bout of eco-anxiety. Relax and breathe. Even if the products you buy aren't 100% pristine, you can still make a difference. And finally, Kate tells us in the last chapter of the book, the reversal of climate change requires a complete paradigm shift in global actions in more than just food and cooking. But one thing leads to another. Little steps in behavior can make a big difference in how we think. Will you adopt every practice in this book? Probably not. Will you change some of your habits? Probably so. Will you become aware of your actions and those of others? Absolutely. that's all I've got for this wonderful book. Let me know your thoughts. What big idea resonated with you the most? And how can you incorporate that into your life starting today? And share some of your favorite books that you love to see a Zoo Notable on. A gigantic thank you to my patrons, Rochelle, Laura, Sarah, Liz, and Stephanie. Keep working on becoming the best version of yourself today, tomorrow, and forever. For you, your community, the animals, and the planet. Take care and I will see you all next time.